Thank you all for coming out a little bit early, earlier than usual. We've got a, uh, some of my co-workers are here this morning, so y'all don't talk to them. Whatever you do, don't go talk to them. They got to go out to, uh, hey buddy, they got to go out to Teen Valley Ranch here after a while and pick up a bunch of kids and take back to Boone. So they're, they're going to be with us for a little while. If I thought this through, y'all could have brought those kids over here and we'd have had church at 11. But, um, so we're going we're gonna to go through here. If you've been, if you looked at the front of the, the church here, there's a lot of stuff. And you're probably wondering if I'm moving in, if Maria kicked me out of the house or what was going on. But there's a lot of stuff up here, but it's here for a reason. And I hope that you get something out of this today because it is all Bobby's fault. Brother Bobby called me this week and told me a story about carrying around some weight. And I could not get it off of my heart. So uh, I, I appreciate him calling and, and uh, laying that on my heart. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, not 11. But chapter 12, and I'm going to ask you a question. Some of y'all might exercise a little bit. I don't know. You can look at me. <laughs> Carolyn's laughing out loud. So here is a weighted, a weighted vest. This is 20 pounds right here, 20-pound weighted vest. I don't know if you've ever had to wear one of these. You want to wear it? No. It's more than you. But that weight, I, I was going to put it on. I realized I'm going to mash my microphone and stuff up. This is a weighted vest, 20 pounds, and it gets heavy. You might think, well, that's, that's crazy. People wouldn't want to wear something like that. Well, they do. They wear that weighted vest when they're exercising. You put that thing on, and you try to do some push-ups. After a few push-ups, you're going to realize that thing went from 20 pounds to 200 pounds. When I was uh, active in the fire service, I did this thing every year. It's called a pack test. And I had to, every year, I had to put on a 45-pound vest, and I had 45 minutes to walk, walk, not run, walk three miles. And you might be thinking, three miles, 45 pounds, 45 minutes, it's doable. You struggle. You struggle big time, especially if you put all the weight on your back. Jesse made me a vest one time so I could, I could put half on the front and half on the back. It makes it a little bit easier. But you think, that's, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Well, it helps you. It helps you as you exercise, it helps you, uh, the weight helps your muscle memory. If you've ever taken a medicine ball, you know, a medicine ball is pretty heavy. You can take a medicine ball and you can throw it up in the air and catch it, throw it up in the air and catch it, throw it up in the air and catch it. And then you put it down and you pick up a basketball. It feels a lot lighter, don't it? It's just like if you've ever done push-ups. When you get done, your arms feel like they're about to float up. It's that weight. You've got rid of that weight, and your muscles are acting a little bit differently than, than they did with the heavy weight on it. If you jog, James, was, I don't know if James uses weights or not. Does he, he don't run with weights. Uh, he was telling me, James was telling me yesterday, he's getting ready to go to run the Spartan. Uh, so he's getting ready to go do something that you ain't going to catch me yet. But he's going to run the Spartan. But some of these people that run, that get ready to run and jog and go into these competitions and all this stuff, they'll put weights on their ankles so that their legs can build up more strength they're going to pick up these weights, and it's going to get stronger, and then they'll take them off as they get ready to run. They prepare themselves. That's kind of the theme for today, but it's not, it's not to hold on to these weights. It's not to hold on to this vest. It's not to hold on. They've got a bunch of stuff up here we'll look at, too. The theme for today is not to hang on to your weight. It's to get rid of your weight. 
Because the Lord doesn't want you to carry around all these burdens. He doesn't want you to carry around all the negative stuff in your life. He wants you to put down your burdens. And we're going to look at some of the different weights that we hold on to throughout our lives. If you've got your Bible, stand with me just a moment. We're going to read Hebrews 12, 1 through 5. Hebrews 12, 1 through 5 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as, your, uh, as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked. Of him, Jerry, would you open us up in prayer, please? have a seat so we carry around a lot of burdens and the writer told us that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witness we have this great i'm gonna go back and read that real quick it says um wherefore seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witness that witness that that's the draw that's what's closing out this time that that we've had for the past what two or three months we've been going through uh hebrews chapter 11 and it's the, the great hall of faith that we've talked about. And it's these individuals through this chapter 11 that we've been looking at, that's some of those witnesses that he's talking about. I mean, we got a ton of witnesses. I was going through just, just thinking, racking my brain, and I finally said, i got to stop. But we have like Moses and Aaron and Jacob and Joseph. We have people like Rahab that we talked about last week. I mean, seriously, she's in the hall of faith. After all that she did, the type of person that she was, here she is in the hall of faith, but we have Jacob and David and Daniel, and then we're going to have the, the you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, all those guys too, but we have this great cloud of witness that is up there watching, and they, 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 have, this, they have this knowledge that we're trying to gain, and that knowledge is the fact that God is with us. We, we, they can experience, they're knowing it right now, but we're not. We know that he's with us, don't get me wrong. But we put faith in him, and we can't see him. They've had faith in him, and now they're in his presence. If you, that's where I'm going at with this right here. The beauty of this is that none of these were perfect. That's what I want you to understand about this scripture right here. This first verse right here is, they were not perfect. They were the same as every single one of us. They were not perfect, but they were striving perf for perfection. That's where we're going. We're striving for that perfection. That's, that's the, the goal for us is perfection. Are we going to be perfect here on earth? Absolutely not. When will we receive that perfection? 
when we get to Jesus. When we finally get to heaven, then that's when, like I've always said, I'll have two good eyes and a full head of hair because I'll have perfection. All right, we're all going to be that same way. No more cancer. Bible tells us, you know, no more, no more sickness, no more dying, no more tears, no more sorrow. None of that stuff goes on because we will have received and, and accepted that perfection. Now, they all had their faults, like us. They all needed Jesus, like us. But unlike us, they have finally got to meet Jesus. We are in the process of meeting Jesus. Don't do that to him. Putting hair clips in his hair. But here's the thing. They never gave up. Not one time did they give. Did they feel like giving up? You can go back and read that. If you want to go back through Hebrews 11, you can read it. Go into the Old Testament and read about each one of them. They might have felt like giving up, but they never gave up. That's what we've got to do is continue to strive for perfection, strive for the mark, reach for the goal, the, reach for the, the, or aiming for the mark, but we can't give up. There's no good in giving up. They didn't give up, and they finally received that perfection, and that was Jesus. They got to meet with Jesus. Now, the last part of verse 1 tells us that we should run with endurance, or which is patience, the race which God has set before us. Now, I'm going to get a little nerdy real fast and tell you this. The Greek word, let me get to it. The Greek word for race, and you're going to appreciate this. The Greek word for race in English is agony. It is. I'm not kidding you. Have you ever run a race? You will know what agony is. You hurt. I, I know how, Bobby, did you ever do pack test? You never got to experience that, did you? Jonathan, did you ever have to do it? Tammy, did you do it when you was down? You never had to. No. You heard a little bit there at the end, don't you, Jonathan? <laughs> For a few days. You got a couple options. You can train, and if you're going to train, you have to train for months ahead to get ready for the pack test. Or you could be dumb like me and just throw a pack on on the day of and go do it. You hurt. Your legs hurt. Your ankles hurt. Your shins hurt. Everything hurts. Shoulders hurt. You hurt. But that's what agony means, is race. That means the race that we call life is going to be filled with difficulties and struggles. Every one of us. God never promised us that it would be sunshine and roses. God never told us that it was going to be clean and easy living, ever. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be dirty and difficult is what it's going to be. But God still calls us to stay on his path. God still calls us to stick by his side. God still calls each and every one of us to mind him, follow him, obey him, listen to him, talk to him, walk with him, pray with him, have a relationship with him, commune with him. God is constantly telling us, stick with me, I'll get you through this race. Stick with the one who is blazing a trail for you. I will help you get through this race. We don't give up. We do not need to give in. We don't say this hurts. So this, if you're out there saying, ah, oh, this hurts, it can't be God's will. No, it, it is probably God's will. God's will can be painful sometimes. It can be emotionally painful. It can be spiritually painful. It can be physically painful. If you stay inside God's will, it can hurt. But have you ever heard the old saying, pain is weakness leaving the body? That's the truth. Pain is weakness leaving the body because it's making you stronger. The pains that, you going through, that you're going through, that is nothing more than weakness leaving your body. Because when we're the, at our weakest point, that's when God is at his strongest point. 
That's when we rely on him. That's when we come to him and, and we're, we crawl, we're crawling to him and saying, God, I need you right now. I'm so weak, I can't stand up. I'm so weak, I cannot even get on my knees to pray to you. And he says, I'm stronger than you'll ever imagine. I got you covered. I think we talked about it last week, the groanings, when we can't even, we can't even pray. The Holy Spirit hears our groanings and intercedes on our behalf. It's because we're so weak, we can't get the words out. We can't utter anything. Now, you remember those saints in the stands that are up there, they're cheering us on, and they lived lives filled with struggles. They lived lives full of, of pain and sorrow. They lived lives full of suffering. We're no different from them. If you look around right now in this church, this room is full of people, full of folks that have struggles. It's full of people that have concerns. It's full of people that have hurt. But if you look around as well, you're going to see there's a lot of people, the very same people sometimes, and they're going to be full of hope, and they're going to be full of grace, and they're going to be full of mercy, and they're going to be full of love, and they're going to be full of the power of Jesus. It's those same people. Yes, we're going to hurt, we're going to struggle, we're going to have pain, but we can also have and experience that grace and that love and that mercy that Jesus bestows upon each one of us. We can experience that too, even though we're struggling we can still experience the goodness of God because he's in it with us. And that gives me encouragement. Read verse 1 again. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before you. Now, let us set aside every weight. Every weight. That's the heavy stuff. Now, the writer of Hebrews here, I had to look this up because I knew there was a word for this, and I couldn't remember what it was, but it's called athletic Im imagery. Athletic imagery. That's why so many people think Paul wrote Hebrews. It's because there's so much athletic stuff inside Hebrews. But it's called athletic imagery, and he, that's what he's talking about with these weights. He's talking about the weights that we was talking about at the beginning. When we compete, if you ever compete in anything, we need to remove those weights so that we can fully compete so i wish that could happen during the pack test where i could practice and then take the pack off and take off but it don't work that way so these runners that are out here practicing for these these meets these trials that they're running through they wear these weights on their ankles on their on their body and but they don't wear those when they get to the competition it's important to understand that first the word weight means burden i want you to understand that weight means burden or something that weighs you down, and that makes sense. But the next word that I want to define does not make sense. Beset. Beset. This means, this is according to the King James Dictionary, this means to surround, to enclose, to hem in, or to press on all sides. It means it's a serious hindrance that hampers someone who desperately needs to advance. To be beset means that you're hemmed up, you're hampered, you're weighed down. Beset means you're weighed down. It's like, I was trying to think about it, and I wish the boys was here because we could have them up here tackling each other. They might be doing it anyway. I was thinking about football. I never got the opportunity to play football. I was a runt growing up. My, my parents wouldn't let me play football. But when you get hit hard in football, what happens to you, Bobby? You go down, don't you? You get, get hit hard, you go down, 
And that's the whole point of it. You have people who are trying to stop your progress. If you're running with the football, you're trying to get to the end zone to score. You want those six points. So your goal literally is down at the other end of the field, and you're running, you're protecting the ball, but the people don't want you. The other team doesn't want you to score, so they're going to knock the wind out of you. Their goal is to stop you from progressing. Their goal is to stop you from making it down to the end for those six points. Think about running a long distance. Again, I don't, I'm not a runner. Unless there's a bear chasing me, I am not running. Well, unless Clayton. I'm, I might be playing Clayton. But that's short distance, not long distance. I can't breathe after that. You can't run a long distance race if you have anything hindering you any type of weight, any type of restrictions, you cannot run a race. If you ever look at it, I always thought they looked funny, these people that were runners, because they wear these little short shorts and these little tank tops, and, you know, they, they got very minimal amount of clothing on, so they're not restricted. They don't have any weight on them. There's nothing holding them back and restricting them from running fast. You get rid of those weights. You might practice with it, but once you get to the, the meet, then you're going to take those weights off because you don't want to run with it because it's going to weigh you down. It's going to drag you. You get rid of them, put them down. You train in ankle weights, but you take those ankle weights off when it comes to time to race. When you run, you run so that nothing hinders your progress. When we run this race of life, we want to drop our weights, our burdens. We want to drop everything that's on us so that we can run this race freely. We can run this race without any restrictions. We can run this race with a clear mind and a clear conscience, knowing that God is beside us, he's pushing us, he's, in, he's encouraging us, and he's giving us the endurance that we need to pursue the goal, the end prize. We've got to keep our eyes on the mark. Now, just think about running a race. If you was running a race right now and you showed up to the meet and you, you got there and you got your weighted vest on and you've got your weights around your ankles, coach hollers at you and says, hey, you forgot to take your weights off. And you look back at him and say, it's okay, coach. I think I'll run this race with the weights on. Is that a smart move? No. You're probably going to lose that race. No one in their right mind would want to run a race in weights. I don't know anybody in their right mind want to run a race, period, <laughs> with or without race uh, weights. But you don't, you don't want that burden. You wouldn't want to do that, would you? You wouldn't want the weights on you, would you? No. But here's the thing, we do. We're running our races right now with too much weight. We're running our races in this life right now with too many burdens on our shoulder. We're running these, this race right now in life with too much sin on our back, with too much sin on our ankles, with too much sin in our pockets, with too much luggage, and I'll get to that in a minute. We're dragging it around. We can't run freely because we're so weighed down. If there was a contest for crawling, a Christian would probably do pretty good because that's what we do. We crawl around with nothing but weights on our, on our backs, sin in our lives. And so we get down and we just do a little army crawl just to get through life. That's not what he wants. Why is it so many are carrying backpacks of bitterness? I want you to look, um, this backpack, Bobby got the red bag earlier. That backpack's about 20 pounds. I hadn't worn this thing in a long time. This is how you knew me when I traveled the world. This was me. You could find me in an orange backpack. I wanted everybody to, to find 
not, not because I was the white guy walking around in a non-white area. I want to make sure I was spotted. So I had this backpack. I would carry this thing around with me everywhere I went, but it would get heavier and heavier and heavier because I, I wouldn't take the weight off, off of it. I wouldn't ever set it down. We take that backpack, and I won't call that the backpack of bitterness. That backpack of bitterness, we never take off. We just carry it with us everywhere we go. And the longer we carry it, the heavier it gets. It's not that light right now, and it's probably going to get heavier. We plop it down in the seat beside of us. You come into church, and you're wearing that thing, and you sit down, you just set it beside of you. You don't just take it off and leave it. You just set it beside of you. And you have a, your bag, your vest. I'm sorry, you're, you're carrying these vests around. These old weighted vests right here. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to call that right there the vest of anger. And we wear that vest right there, and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. That's the vest of anger. So you got your vest of anger on, and then on top of that, you got your, your backpack on, a bitterness. That's a lot of weight that we're going to be carrying around with us. And then your bag that you're carrying with you. You check it at the door, but you're going to pick it up on the way out, I promise you that. You got a big old bag right there that you brought in here with you. We'll do this right here. You come in here, and you wheeled in your, your bag of stuff, burdens, and all that stuff, and, and you brought it in, and you, you probably just rolled it in and set it right over here at the back door, right there. That's a good place for it. And that's where it's going to be for the church service. But guess what? When you walk out that door after a while, you're going to pick it up and take it right back with you. That, that's, your, that's your bag of burdens. And you just can't leave it at church. You can't leave it alone. You want to take it with you everywhere that you go. Some of you have been over from years of carrying a sack full of weight. I mean a sack full of weight. And that's holding you back as a Christian. I brought this here. And that's it's pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. That's what a Christian carries around with him all the time. This bag full of stuff, full of burdens, full of sin, full of weight that makes us get hunkered down that we can't, we can't walk. We can't stand upright. We can't walk upright. We can't stand up straight because we're hunkered down, dragging, carrying, sliding, kicking, pushing that bag everywhere that we go. It's so big and so heavy, it wouldn't even fit in the pews with you. Can't even set it in the pews with you right now. What, what do you do? You set it on the aisle because it won't fit, and you sit beside of it. That's what we do with these, this bag of burdens that we carry with us. We just set it in the aisle at church and then pick it up and take it out with us when we leave. Some of us are carrying around heavy bags, extremely heavy bags. And inside those bags is a lot of... A lot of bad stuff we have things like selfishness we have things like arrogance we have things like lust we've got resentment we've got idolatry we've got envy we've got addictions 
We got gluttony. Sorry, Abby, you're going to have to vacuum. We got wrath. We got greed. We got self-loathing. We got things like pride. That bag's not empty yet. That bag's still full. That's just a taste of what we carry around with us in this life. It's just a hint of what we carry around with us in this life. I know what's getting ready to happen. He's coming up here to clean up my blocks. We carry those sins with us. For just a few brief moments on a Sunday, between 11 and 12, we get a hint of relief. For just a few brief moments, we can sit down and we can hear the gospel and we can feel a little bit of relief. But then we're going to gather up all this stuff and we're going to cram it back in our bags and we're going to walk right back out this church. We're going to walk right back out that door like nothing ever happened. Ever feel that way? Ever feel that way? I feel that way. Our churches are filled with heavy handbags. Our churches are filled with backpacks. Our, our churches are filled full of sacks of nothing but burdens and sins. And us spiritual athletes are worn out. We are all spiritual athletes. And as a spiritual athlete, we're dragging that around with us. If you know anything about exercise or anything like that, you'll understand that once you shed that weight, you can go a lot further in your life. Once you get rid of the weight, the vest, the ankle weights, whatever it is, you can go further and do more. But you've got to get rid of that weight. We can't succeed in the Christian life weighed down. We cannot succeed in this life with all these burdens on our back. We cannot succeed as a mother, as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a church member. We cannot succeed in this Christian life if we are weighed down. If we have all this stuff on us, we cannot move forward. We have to do as the Bible says, and it says lay aside every weight. It doesn't say just take a few out till you feel better. It doesn't just say take one or two of the heavier ones out till, you, till you're able to move a little bit further. The Bible tells us to lay aside every weight, and that means anything that hinders you. In the, I, I, lo, I was doing a little research on this one too. In the, in the first century when they started doing uh, the Olympics, Oh, the Olympics. That was neat. It used to be good. The only thing was they didn't have softball back then, but when it first started out, it was neat to watch them. And, and they would come in in these long, heavy, flowing, gorgeous, beautiful robes, and they would, they would get up to whatever race they were going to run, and right prior to the, to the race beginning, they would take off that robe so that they're not restricted and restrained from running. Now, here's the thing. Underneath that robe, they wore nothing. They were naked. I mean naked. Maria's eyes went like that. They were naked. There was no restrictions. They had nothing to hold them back from running fast and running that race. The writer of Hebrews tells us that we have to shed not only the weights, but our sin as well. And I'd prefer you keep your clothes on when you do it. 
just saying. We're not that kind of church. We carry a lot of sin in the churches with us. Everywhere we go, we carry that sin with us. And there's really no better place to bring our sin than right here to this church. But we've got to learn that we can't take it back with us when we leave. When we walk out the door, leave it here. And I believe the author is not just talking about all of our sins. I believe there's some specific sins in there that he's wanting to, to tell us about. He's specifically talking about removing the weight of sin of faithlessness. Oh, ye of little faith. He's specific, I think he's really calling that one out because it's, it's right on the heels of the, the hall of faith that we've been studying on. So that one, that one hindrance that we have, that one heavy weight that each one of us carries is, is the weight of faithlessness. And he's saying, you need to put that one down. That one is dragging your butt to the ground. Now remember, he's, he's just listed in Hebrews 11 some of the greatest people of faith who won that victory. He just listed those. The sin that so easily entangles us is the lack of faith. The sin that entangled them was the lack of faith. But they found their faith. They moved forward in their faith. And now they have, they're sitting up there in the stands and they're cheering us on because they endured the, what they were going through here on earth because they found their faith in God. Our lives in Christ begin with a faith in Jesus when we declared him Lord and Savior. That's where our lives begin. But it doesn't stop there because... We have to live every single day by faith. Every day. Not just some days. Not just Sundays. Not just Wednesdays. Every single day we have to live by faith. If you go back and you turn over to, if you want to, you don't have to, but at the end of chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 leading up to 11, the author quoted Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. And I love this. He quoted but the just shall live by his faith. But the just shall live by his faith. Some of us don't like to live by faith. We want to live by sight. We want to see what's going on. We want to get our calculators out and our pen and our papers out, and we want to figure out how everything's going to work. We want the details. We don't want to be surprised. We want to see it in front of us because seeing is believing. We want to figure this out before we approach it. We want to know what we're getting into. It's not easy to live by faith. Most of us don't like to, the idea of living by faith. I can't stand the thoughts of living by faith. That's what you're probably thinking. I don't want to be surprised. I don't like being surprised. I don't like not knowing what's getting ready to happen to me. I want to know day in, day out what's going to take place in my life. But we can't live like that. We want to know what's going on. If we lay aside, don't you think, don't you listen to this? If we lay aside every single weight that holds us back, we can run with endurance. Keep your clothes on, Mike, when you're running. We can run. I hope you heard. You heard me, didn't you? Keep your britches on. All right. We want to run, and we want to run fast. And we want to run with endurance. And we want to travel in this life as freely as possible, and stay on the path of righteousness that he is leading us on. If we want to be the, the Christian that God has called us to be, then we're going to have to come right here, and we're going to have to lay down these sins, and we're going to have to lay down these burdens. You're going to have to take this vest, and you're going to have to lay that vest right here. You're going to have to take this backpack off, and you're going to have to lay this backpack right here. You're going to have to, I ain't going to kick that thing off stage. 
you want to take that right there and you want to lay it right here on the altar. And don't you dare get down here and pray and ask God to remove the weight off of you. And then the first thing you're going to do, I just had to get greedy. You're going to put that in your pocket and you're going to walk right out the door because you said, I need that one. Or you might reach down there and you might get selfishness. Stick that one in your pocket and go right out that door. That's what we do, ain't it? Oh, here it is, God. Take it all. Oh, but by the way, I think I'm going to take this home with me. I need a souvenir. Don't do that. You drop your weights right there, and you walk out that door, and you leave it with him. You see that little phrase in there with patience? The focus is on patience. Life is not... Life is not a speed event, okay? What life is, it's an endurance marathon. We have to endure this life. Don't, I don't want to go through it too fast. You've got to endure this life slowly sometimes. So stay focused on what's the main thing and the most important thing. Stay focused on God. Stay focused on the mark. Stay focused on Christ himself. Turn your... Your worries, and I was reading a, a little Christian newspaper the other day, and it said this. It said, turn your worries into worship and your struggles into strength. He's fine. I'm almost done. Just leave him alone. See, this is what you don't get to see on Mondays. <laughs> Kathy's a faithful listener on Monday mornings, and she don't get to see what Clayton does. <laughs> we was listening to the song on the way up here. I hate Abby missed it. It was a bluegrass song. And that was sarcastic. <clears throat> and it, the name of the song was Keep the Sun in Your Eyes. I've never heard that song before. Keep the Sun in Your Eyes. S-O-N. Capital S-O-N. Keep the Sun in Your Eyes. That, that would be a great theme for today. Drop your weights. And put the sun in your eyes. Get the sun in your eyes. Keep your eyes focused on God, on that path, on that, on that avenue that he is, is going before you. And the, the, the mission is the word I was looking for. The mission that he has for you. We've all got a mission. We're all missionaries. When we're saved, we become missionary right then. We've got to get the gospel out. So as... You're going into this mission field, which might be your backyard. I don't know what it's going to be, but as you're going into this mission field, keep your eyes on the Lord as you do it. And, as, and we're going to close out around the altar today because we're going to pray. Because I feel like somebody's got a little bit of weight on their shoulders. Somebody's got something in their pocket they need to leave with the Lord. And so I want you to do, I want you to think about what is weighing you down, what's in your backpack, what's in your vest, what's in your duffel bag, what's in that luggage that's right out yonder that you're going to take with you. Don't y'all steal my bag when you leave. I need that. What's with you? What's weighing you down? What burden, what weight is preventing you from being the Christian God has got, called you to be? What is it? And I'm going to ask you if you'll leave it right up here today. So that's how we're going to close out is around the altar. And I know you ladies have to go, and I'm sorry. But I'm going to ask you all to come up. Here, come up here with me. 
and your brothers and your sisters. I'm leaving the backpack. I'm leaving the weights. I'm going to leave the blocks up here. But I want you to come up here, and I want you to bring every weight that is on your shoulders right now. I want you to bring everything that's dragging you down. Bring it with you. Drag it up here with you. I don't care how you get up here. Push it, kick it, roll it. Stick it in a wheelbarrow. I don't care. Third on the pack mule. But I want you to bring it up here. And when we get done, don't you dare take it back with you. When we get done, I hope you fly out of here. You're light as a feather. Father, this evening I want to come to you and I want to thank you. God, I want to thank you for Brother Bobby laying this on my heart. God, I want to thank you for the words out of Hebrews that we just read. Lord, we need to get rid of that weight. Father God, as we have approached this altar, God, we've come to you. God, in faith, knowing that you're going to take away these burdens that are weighing us down. God, every single one of us has something that's hindering us from having a good relationship with you, from having perfect worship with you, from having time where we can get away from this world and get into the, into, to witness into others. There's something that's hindering us, that's stopping us. There's some weight on our shoulders. <clears throat> there is a burden. There is a sin. There is something that's stopping each one of us from enduring and moving forward in this life. God, and I pray this morning that you would take that away. God, I lift up every single individual that's up here this morning. I lift them up to you. God, that they would turn to you and they would take away that heaviness. And Lord, they'd place it right here on this altar. Because that's what this altar is for, God. It's for us to come up here and, and to lay down these burdens, to lay down these weights, to lay down... All these things that keep us from being what you've called us to be, it's here for us to come to. Lord, to cry out when we get here. Lord, to weep a little, to fellowship a little, to worship a little. That's what this altar is for, is for us to come to you. And Lord, not just to come to you, but to come to you on behalf of others. And so, Father, this morning, that's what we're doing. On behalf of each one that is here, God, I pray that you would help lift those burdens, take away those weights, anything that might be stopping them, from being what you've called them to be. God, I pray that it would be laid upon this altar today. God, and my prayer this morning is this, that when they stand up and they walk away, that they've left it all behind. God, I pray that you would make them light as a feather. Lord, I pray that you'd clear their minds, allow them to focus on the calling that you've placed upon their hearts. God, I pray that you would use them in a great way. As my pastor always says, a sin-filled heart will hinder your worship. God, I pray they'd lay that sin right here at the altar so that they can worship you fully. And as Ray always says, too, about pride. God, pride was one of those blocks we pulled out. But with pride, as he says, we are to spit it out. Don't swallow your pride, but spit that stuff out because it taints your body. All these other sins that are in us right now, they're tainting our bodies. They're tainting our worship. Lord, they're, they're tainting our fellowship tainting our relationship with you and i got god i pray this morning that we will lay those down so that we can worship you wholly and freely thank you again this morning for the words god thank you for those that are here today and i pray god you'd bless them and keep them safe and all that they do all this in your son's name we pray amen <clears throat> Don't you carry that bag with you. I do appreciate everybody coming out a little early this morning, and uh, the, the drivers have left. I didn't hear them crank.
did they? They're going out to Teen Valley Ranch, and I, I appreciate y'all doing that because we really did. They're the reason that we did this early. Uh, they have always wanted to come up here and be with us, and they all have their own churches to go to. So this was a good opportunity. But I appreciate y'all coming out early. Now y'all can beat the Methodist out to the Mexican restaurant because we're going to get out an hour early. <laughs> Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do inventory when I leave here, and I'm going to make sure every block is still here. I don't want anybody taking any of this with them. Nobody. Nobody. Brother Bobby, do you mind dismiss us?